Hello and welcome to Wake and Jake, a very special edition. Opening week of baseball is this week. That's right. We're, we have decided as a company we're moving it from opening day to opening week. Why not? Just got you six days, baseball. You're welcome. Uh, and all the other stuff we do for baseball. Enough of that. Uh, the biggest news in baseball this weekend, in a biased way and an unbiased way, Anthony Volpe is named the starting shortstop of the New York Yankees, the youngest Yankee to start on opening day since, that's right, Derek Jeter. So, uh, I want to talk about some of the ripple effects of that. Also, Jordan Walker from the St. Louis Cardinals, a number four prospect in baseball. He gets his hidden video treatment, which I am on a little bit of a kick that we need to slow down on. Uh, Jim gets credit for that first. Uh, but I think it's better for the mid-season call-ups. Like, when you're bringing a guy into your yeah. office mid-season and they have no clue, that's the play. Like, Volpe and Jordan Walker knew they had a chance to be yeah, I guess fake-vitted. I guess it's kind of cut day, so it could have been the... Yeah, like, they didn't... They didn't could have been the cut. They didn't do Peraza's video, did they? Yeah. Anyways, I, um... <laughs> yeah, mid-season, it's hard for them to think this is either going to be really good or really bad. It could be anything. Yeah, it could be anything. And, like, I, you know something's coming. I think, I think Volpe knew. Anyways, uh, this is a big deal, and it's a big deal outside of Yankee land. And I'll, I'll start out zoomed out, so don't, don't Yankee zone me out yet, although we're probably going to get more listens on this than anything because it is Yankees. Um, really good for baseball that we're calling up top prospects that are ready. I mean, my goodness. You know, there's still, we still, I think, need to get better because there's still some guys that are going to get service timed. But think about it. There's been stars for the past decade now that we've, they've been ready to play. And they're going to play on that team. They just have to wait like three and a half weeks. Chris Bryant, Glaber Torres, a litany of other guys that we're ready to be on the team and are probably the most exciting aspect of the team. And you just had to wait and lie three and a half weeks. And it made total sense because you got another year of them in their prime. You got their full age 28 season instead of playing them for three and a half weeks when they were 21 or 22. It's the right move. I would have done it if I was in a front office, which I will be one day. Um... Happy for Jordan Walker. Uh, St. Louis is stacked. Like, we might need more, like, St. Louis World Series stuff because they already had too many outfielders, remember? Everyone was going to trade with them because they had too many outfielders before the number four prospect in baseball is getting the call. It looks like he's going to DH mostly. But, uh, which I always think that's weird for a young player. Like, that's tough. It'd be like yeah. a DH. And all their their other three outfielders are like glove first right. dudes, like so I glove get guys. it. But so that's that's going to be interesting to watch because when you really only have four chances a game to impact it, that's brutal. You can't like step away like, from what's happening at the plate or or something like that. Um, let's see how that goes. But let's be honest. Uh, I'm wearing a Yankees hat. We do a show called Talking Yanks. that just had the manager Aaron Boone on, and a lot of people check that out. Um, Billboard rumors coming. Um, the Anthony Volpe conversation is brought to you by DraftKings because, like I said, opening week 
of baseball season. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, and right now you can place $5 on a pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets. So, hey, find one of the games this, this weekend where you see maybe a ridiculous pitching matchup, good team, bad team. Place the money line bet on them to win, and you get 150 in bonus bets, and you start racking them from there. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code BAKERS. New customers can bet just $5 on any pregame money line and get $150 in bonus bets. If their team wins, only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code BAKERS. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And we're going to do some March Madness in a minute, but Anthony Volpe is the starting Yankee shortstop. We've, we have now discussed this, <laughs> I mean, Technically, like a year and a half, because uh, Peraza and Volpe were lurking. Peraza, top fifty prospect, and maybe we'll end up circling back on him and his situation. But I don't think we have the clarity on that. Anthony Volpe, since we've heard about him, or I guess since since post COVID, because he gets drafted out of high school, same high school as Jack Leiter. Um, and by the way, Jack Leiter was in the Yankees lexicon kind of before he was in anyone else's lexicon because Al Leiter was part of the Yes Network. Yeah. So we got some of him, their high school teammates. Jack Leiter's like was, was and kind of is still a prodigy. And this was his high school teammate, which is insane. Again, my high school team, <laughs> the kids that were rolling out of there. Um, and it was like, all right, you know, end of the first round type pick. Let's see what the kid's about. Um Plays a couple games at rookie ball, uh, and then COVID hits. He doesn't play in 2020. 2021, what does he do? In uh, A ball and high A ball, 27 homers, 33 steals, 294, 423, one dotted. Um, And he was three years younger than your average high A player. Okay, welcome. So let's keep it going. 2022, double A, uh, 18 homers, 44 steals, 251, 348, 820 OPS, a cup of coffee at AAA at the end of the year, uh, 99 plate appearances. The numbers don't really wow, and that's probably good to mark. And at that point, he is five and a half years younger than most people at AAA. So the kid is special. Um, we heard the rumor, or actually, not a rumor, Brian Cashman came out and said the kid was going to have a shot at the job. Um, and full circle, we come into spring training this year. Uh, Peraza, the top 50 shortstop prospect who got called up last year and was kind of the biggest wrinkle in this, right? Because he gets called up, Peraza. Hits 306, 404 on base, and 832 OPS, 18 games, 50 yeah. at bats. That's that's last year and But when the Yankees the were looking for an answer at shortstop the whole season, and the kid has a he's a he's supposed to be glove first, who also has some nice minor league numbers around, along the way, that was the biggest wrench. That they gave remember the part of the conversation was they gave Peraza the Jeter treatment, right? Yeah. Sit on the top step for the playoffs and learn, kid, and then they actually had to tap into him because their shortstop situation ended up in such a bad place, that there were two kids coming into camp that kind of had an heir to the throne. Peraza has a bad camp. Volpe has an amazing camp. I do I think that mattered. And 
as some people heard Joe's McFly here at the start of our AMP segment, they mattered, and they rewarded the best player. Um, and as we've heard from day, we've heard from people around the Yankees from day one, and I'll leave Peraza out of it for now because we've heard high, d- different things about Peraza, some, some good and some eh, but a, a lot towards the good, that Volpe is the guy. And we're going to see that at age 21, making his major league debut at shortstop for the Yankees. The kid from Jersey idolizes Jeter, has pictures with him. His dad's a Yankee fan. He's a Yankee fan. He knew. He knew what he was walking into. Um, And he still knows what he's walking into. And everyone that talks about him say he is the guy that's actually built for it. Um, He's supposed to be one of those kind of next-level humans. His parents are both surgeons. Mm. Probably has pretty good hands. I've referenced that a (laughs) few times now. Um, That... There just isn't a bad story about the kid. Can't find it. Can't find it. We're it's clean we're, cut. We're, you know, we've got the people to find it. As you guys probably know by now, Kyle McDonald, who does blitzball stuff with us, KMAC, he was in the minor leagues with the Yankees when Volpe was there. Same team. Um, and if there's a guy that can help you find your vices, it's Kyle McDonald. And he's like, Volpe, he's not that guy. Uh, he can't. He does everything right. He, you know, he bought the team dinner and stuff. He's the, you know, he's a bonus like, b- baby. Before the right. before the bonus had even hit, he was like, I know this is coming. I, I will he, uh, buy the dinner. He's that dude. He plays the part. He acts the part. And I think most importantly, he is the part. Like, I think that's where act the part is interesting. I, I think he is that guy. And he wants to be that guy. So, uh, it was really refreshing in Yankee land um, to see that they actually did it. They pushed the button. The closer we got and the more involved he was, you figured they had to. They just had to, right? Like, if, if you're going to do this whole song and dance and let it get to this point, then, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of have to let the kid play. So, there, like, there were baseball reasons that they could have not done it. He's only played whatever the number of AAA games is. Right, he's on 22 There's, AAA games. The Yankees normally don't do that. There are questions on if he'll stick it short forever. So, another, uh, just more sampling is there. The Yankees always tend to overseason their players in the minors a bit. That's kind of like their, their calling card. Peraza is kind of his turn. Leave him out of it a little bit. But the baseball reasons, if Peraza, I think, had given them anything, I wonder how much more he would have had to give for this to not happen. But that that's not the point. How much could have changed it? You know, I said Peraza missed a double by a foot the other day. I don't think that would have changed it. If Peraza had the same numbers as Volpe, I think that would have been very interesting. But he did not. So luckily, we don't have to have that conversation. The thing I keep circling back to, Biebs, because... Uh, Joms on a little bit of the Yankees are out on Peraza. Then they could be. I don't know. It's all of our Yankee people, you, me, Jim, Joe's, Dan Rourke, Max Manis, whoever it is, all the Yankee people in our office. I think all of us have a slightly different opinion and guess what's next for Peraza. The thing I keep coming back to is they did try to trade Glaber. Like full-blown, had a deal done that they were willing to do that fell out that they were willing to move Glaber Torres. So, as of right now, Glaber Torres is still on the team. Um, and DJ is there, and Josh Donaldson's at third, and if you're going to call up Volpe, you have to let him play. And that was the other thing we asked. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to bring up a kid, make sure they play. Um, so, as currently constructed, both being on the roster, splitting time is just the worst for everybody. Like, that wasn't a choice. 
So, the Yankees have made the right moves. I think they're still in on Peraza. He's supposed to be, be he's supposedly better at shortstop than Volpe. I want to see what Volpe looks like, the way people are describing it. I'll say Dan's be light. Uh, the arm strength is supposed to be the weakness. Like the mm-hmm. hands are supposed to be good, the making plays is supposed to be good, but the arm strength um, is supposedly a tick down than a, where a lot of major league shortstops are. So let's see. I hear everyone yell that about Dansby Swanson, and Dansby Swanson won the gold glove last year, and when he throws the pill to first, yeah. it looks fine. The like the scouting reports you read on him now are it's it's really it's not that Volpe can't Volpe can't be a shortstop. It, it seems like he'll be fine or even good there. Just Praza could potentially be a very special defender, right? It feels like Volpe could be could be a good shortstop. Yeah, he could plus. he could not he could be less than okay, which that brings up some interesting conversations. Where Peraza, there's some high end shortstop stuff that that gets interesting. But now the conversation turns into the Yankees and the marketing marketing ability. And if you know Volpe, the Italian kid from Jersey who idolized Jesus, Jeter, Jesus, sir, that got might, that, that might got be a close. fan of him too. I don't know. That got close for a second, huh? Um. That does that play into what happens next? And I don't have an answer for that because for whatever reason, that shortstop position and the marketability and all of it, it, it has a little bit of a factor. The best, the best player plays shortstop that you play any little league baseball team. You're introduced to ball. That's kind of what, you know, um, that is going to be interesting to track throughout this year. Cause remember when Glaber Torres was supposed to be the next Yankee shortstop there, if you're if you're comparing scattering reports to scattering reports, the, they're Not awfully that similar. Far off. They're awfully similar. Defensively, defensively, Volpe's yeah. speed is supposed. His to be speed special. is the differentiator. Um, Their yeah. bat to ball skills is comparable. Glaber's maybe even better. Comparable, I think. I'll, I'll have to get into Glaber's minor league numbers, which I can get too quick. How about that baseball reference? Yeah. Um, Glaber Torres, even in the minor leagues, you know, eight ninety eight OPS. At, at double A, and that's only 33 games. In high A, Glaber didn't do... Vol, Volpe's numbers in the minors are just a little more special. Um, you know, Glaber also did it at a young age. Glaber was also a top five product. So it's not far off at all. I think we didn't know what Glaber's skill set was. We were told he was a good baseball player. And now we've seen it, and they're right. He is a good baseball player. Um, I think the juice balls helped him out and altered his career a little bit. And I think Glaber's going to have a big year this year, but we can yeah. get back to that. Um, Different thing. I, and, I Anthony Volpe has a chance to lead the AL in steals this year. He had 50 in the minor leagues last year. I placed a little cheddar on it, DraftKings. I followed you. Um, he had 27 homers in his minor league season last year, so he has some pop pop. Um and I think the thing I'm excited to see is what does it look like? Like, we, we've seen the spring training action. We've seen him hit a homer to dead center. Mm-hmm. Does he hit home runs the opposite way? Will he be a pull guy? Like, this is the stuff I'm so excited to see. Um, and, man, the way he runs the bases is so fun. Um, it's, you know, I, saw, I posted, I was like, man, we really haven't seen a, a player run like this in a while. And sure, we had Tim Locaster. I'm talking like, everyday guys. Like a guy guys, who's a player. Everyday players. There's Brett Gardner, but Brett Gardner is also a different kind of running. Brett Gardner wasn't young and fa- I guess at one point he was young and fast. But mm. Brett Gardner was very much 
old man speed in the nicest way possible. Like even when he was, was pretty young. It, it was, was rigid. It was tight. It wasn't, you know, when you see pure speed and Volpe has a little bit of that. And when you're young, you're a little reckless. You go. Um, so I'm excited for the Yankees to have that a part of their lineup. He's going to start batting ninth, uh, which I like. The Yankees did that with Glaber. And I think in my head, that was the Yankees most scary recent lineup. I want to say 2018. 2018. As far as just vibes. Just when they when Glaber flipped the lineup, it was like, you're fucked. Yeah. Like, you guys, we're about to put up a crooked number. That was how they could, like, trick a team. Where last year, it was like you hoped the nine-hitter got out so the Yankees could start from the top of the lineup. So, mm. I'm excited to see that. I'm interested to see what the defense looks like. I guess I'm more in by, on Peraza. Um and some people, I think, A, it's a fantastic depth piece to have. Like, yeah. I think if, if one injury happens in the infield, he's the call, right? Seems like he's... Like even first. Rizzo, right? Because DJ goes DJ to first. DJ would be your first baseman. Donaldson's yeah. your backup first baseman. Yeah, he's, your, he's the, the emergency. He gets his Waldos in the mix there, too. Right. So I, I, think, I think Peraza's next, and we're going to see him be a part of this season. I think where Yankee fans truly don't know, and I, I think this is where I think Jim will end up winning out, is if Volpe is the shortstop and like, all right, stamp it. Mm. He can play defense well enough. Peraza's value as a potential young shortstop and with everything else the Yankees have, make him a better trade piece. That if Brian Reynolds goes down... Like, that's it. Or yeah. whoever the next player is, or whatever the Yankees need. I th- and I think they're, the Yankees can still very much believe in Peraz as being part of their future. I think a reason to go with Volpe now, I think they couldn't pass up an opportunity to find out if he's the short the shortstop. So if Volpe it, should be playing. There's He needs to play. If they... If Peraza had fully established himself, I don't think there's a Volpe unseating him at shortstop in the future. There's a world where, oh, next year Peraza's fully ready. They're going to use him. They trade. They did it with the Glaber move. Well, and I, I guess the other Volpe thing is... Volpe goes a second. That, I, that can be the natural progression of things. The they have to try thing, it. The other thing for me where I'm now talking myself into Peraza more is, who's the Yankees starting third baseman next year? They don't have a long-term solution there. Not... Donaldson should be gone after next season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he can have a great year this year, and I think it would still echo. Um, you know, Glaber Torres has two years left, and the Yankees almost traded him. Like, baseball moves fast, and I think whoever lands where. Like, if Peraza landed at third and Volpe was at short, if, if Peraza's at short, Volpe's at second. If the Yankees have two cost-controlled infielders for the next five years... That should give the Yankees a massive advantage. A massive advantage. And then you throw his Waldo in that. With the money the Yankees can move around, that allows you to do some special things, whether it's pitching or filling holes on offense, that that's where the Yankees can have a leg up. So I don't think they're riding off Peraza. I do think if the value stands and Reynolds is fully available, they would push it. Um, and it, it makes him available. If it's another, if it's another starting pitcher, you push it. If it is whatever it is, um, you know he is your most valuable trade asset that you may not need. If Anthony Volpe is your starting shortstop, so I get that. Um, but <laughs> I just saw 
Dan Rourke posted LMFAO Cash definitely wanted Peraza because he didn't like how excited or not excited he was to to shake Volpe's hand. Which in the one second you can see his face, <laughs> some next level stuff there. By I, lo- our, I love by the the Zapruder film analysis <laughs> um, there. I, um, we mentioned lineup stuff. Mm. I guess question I would have for you, please do. <sighs> Do you ever want if Volpe's doing it right this year? Are you going to? Is there going to be a point in the year where you think you're going to be calling for him to to get that flip to the leadoff spot? Um, I don't know about leadoff spot. Um, could I want him further up in the lineup? Absolutely. Um, I think you're still looking more at like a five six. Like if the lineup goes thin, if there's a couple injuries and a couple guys are slumping. Then yes, I'm I'm not gonna care about the flip as much as I care about you need to have a good top half of the lineup. So we can get him one more at bat. If we're down to four guys, yeah. And hey, let's see what happens, right? Like the baseball season could go that if Volpe is good and he's got that speed and he has good at bats, I'll be open to it. Um, I think we've forgotten how good of a leadoff hitter DJ LeMahieu can mm-hmm. be. Remember the multi-hit season? Like, Kay would freak out. Another multi-hit day for David LeMahieu. Um, that was a little Sterling and Kay, I guess. A little. Um, and that's doing that in front of Aaron Judge. Walks a lot, And too. he's such a different at-bat than Judge. When he got right last year and he was healthy, he had more walks than strikeouts. Like, DJ LeMahieu is the perfect bat in front of Aaron Judge. Um, now, if Volpe's special and... Um, you put him in front of Judge and look what's going on up there, and then it's, you know, it because they have they have had a vision of, you know, DJ being a different at bat than Stanton Rizzo Judge. Hey, I'm open to anything. I I want the Yankees to win and be the best team they could be. So reward it. Um, but at the same time, and everyone kind of does this, but no one's really done this yet, and I'm not that guy. In 22 games last year at AAA, Volpe, 236, 313, 7818 OPS. Which again, as a rookie, that ain't bad. As a guy who was five and a half years younger than everyone else in the league, that ain't bad. We need to hold up a little bit. Just a little bit. I, it's going to come, but it might not come that first he, month. He has... Like, he specifically has a history of, like, the first month or two at a new level. It doesn't look great, and then he figures it out. So, so you got to, you know, you got to let him work it if out that this whole first is half. in the six and the defense isn't looking clean, that that's the one area the Yankees have put themselves in a position of vulnerability that they've been horrified of with previous prospects. Oswaldo was killing it at AAA. They waited as long as they could to bring him up. Peraza, same deal. Um that we're in the excitement phase, and that's awesome. But with sports, winning and good play cures everything. So if Volpe doesn't have that, and you're the youngest kid, you know, things in this town start to get loud quick. Uh, I hope for the kid it doesn't get there at all, because that would be an unf- uh, no fun plot twist to this season. He's going to end up fine, and I think the Yankees know that. That they know... They'll get in front of it, and they'll weather whatever storm they have to. Because, again, 
Could Anthony Volpe have a 650 OPS first month? Absolutely. Like, so could Rizzo. <laughs> you know, this is baseball. Um, I think the Yankees made the right move. I'm so excited to see it. Uh, I think this kid is going to be the kind of dude you get a jersey about. People, Max Manis tweeted at me, get the newspaper, because that was my mm. Davey Garcia. So maybe it's not the greatest comparison. Although Davey, a couple more injuries. Watch <laughs> out. He's kind of back on the menu. Watch out for my guy, Davey Garcia. Um, it's a fun time, and I think we have a good enough solution. We talked about the Yankees infield all offseason. Volpe will be at short. Glaber, DJ, Donaldson will rotate second, yeah. third, and DH. Eventually someone... You sneak a DJ day at first base. Yeah. Someone will get nicked up. For the first three to four weeks of the Yankee season... The game plan now kind of makes sense. Or makes sense enough. Although, I have some yeah. comments about the outfield. We'll <laughs> get there when we get there. They're still... Uh, they're not, not going to use IKF. He's there. I, for baseball, I'm very open to let's see the first three, four weeks of the season, and then we'll just... And wouldn't that... If someone does get hurt the first three weeks, like I think Peraza's here, and I think... You know, I think we're back in it. I, I think we're right back in it. So, um, let's get Bader and everyone healthy. Um, best of luck to Anthony Volpe. It begins. The pressure couldn't be higher. Everything I've heard. Um, you know, we're in a World Series window here. Um, that it's going to be real. Um, best of luck to the kid. And I ended kind of with a, uh, my, my winning cures everything and good play cures everything, which will be, Huge for Anthony Volpe and anyone that plays any sport, basically. If you're good enough, you're good enough. And I want that to segue into the college basketball this weekend because uh, we had a fantastic one, Sweet 16 and Elite 8. My UConn Huskies, I'll start there because I'm a passionate UConn Husky fan. Um, went out to dinner before the UConn Husky game and brought my jersey in my pocket. And then I realized kind of how weird of a move that was, and I didn't put it on. I went to a bar to watch the game and didn't put the jersey on. It was just in my pocket the whole time. So, I don't know. Big pocket. That was a little weird for me. It it was big enough, but it was definitely some people it, looked at me like, why jacket pocket? that person? It was a jacket pocket. Okay. Like, like some, why, he's got something in his pocket. Um, This guy has something in his pocket. This man has something in his pocket. Uh. My UConn Huskies are going to the Final Four, and I can't believe it. But I will start by saying, as before we get in through the games of the weekend, Danny Hurley. I told you guys on Wake and Jake a couple weeks ago, I had UConn going to the Sweet 16. I wasn't the biggest Hurley believer. His antics on the sideline are a little too much for me. Guess what? When you get to the Final Four, give me all the antics. It works. Danny Hurley at UConn had not won a tournament game coming into this tournament. So, that's where I didn't fully love all the antics all the time. But guess what? You bring the boys to the Final Four as a four seed, I love it. So, I'm all in on Danny Hurley because he was successful with the team I like. Ain't that it. Let us go back. Oh, I went forward. To Thursday, the start of the Sweet 16, my Huskies played Arkansas, a.k.a. Arkansas. Um, Eric Musselman, their coach, um, they've got some big wins this year. They took down Kansas. I think they beat Bama. 
Musselman took off his shirt after they won the last game and was going nuts. A uh, lot of, lot of high-end talent, couple NBA guys on Arkansas. They got ran out of the house by UConn, 46-29 to in the first half. Uh, they had no answers for UConn, who, who shot almost 60% from the field, 45% from three. Sonogo in the low post is a problem. Um, that guy is a beast. So is Klingon off the bench. 7-2 guy off the bench. You love that. Um, and my complaints with UConn this year is they kind of, when they struggled, they had too many chefs in the kitchen. Um, at points this year, uh, Diara was their lead guard. He only played four minutes in this game. Um, they, between Newton, Hawkins, um, and my guy, California Calcaterra, um, one of the best three-point shooters in the country this year. They figured out their guard rotation. Um, and with Hawkins and Caravan, I'm obvious, I'm as biased as it gets. Um, I think they're going to win the national title. And performance-wise, that's the consensus too. They've blown out all of their games. Not one, blown out. In March Madness, when you've got any team gets beat at any moment, They've been the dominant team of the tourney. Uh, the late game that night, Gonzaga, UCLA, uh, two West Coast powerhouses. These teams have recent history. Um, Gonzaga ends up coming back down 13 at the half. They hit a big game-winning three. Jock, Jockes Jr. Um, is one of my favorite college players of all time. That guy is a warrior. Um, Drew Timmy, 36-13 and 13 in that game. Um, Gonzaga moves on um, UCLA uh, lost one of their best players Coming into the tournament Still a good game Could have won it March Madness Zag zag They go on to play UConn I already teased what will happen there Maybe the game of the tournament um, There's a couple games every year That in the moment are unreal And then you kind of forget And then you get the anniversary posts We've had a few of those this tournament Michigan State, Kansas State um, you know, Michigan State, essentially a blue blood type program. Uh, Izzo, um, his tournament success is pretty wild. Kansas State, one of the more fun teams you'll see. I told you guys, Noel, the point guard, uh, the shorty point guard, he took over their game previous to this. Do- overtime, excuse me, not double overtime. Um, Michigan State stayed in it, but they didn't have enough answers. Um, 19 assists by Noel, NCAA tournament record. Uh, the kid is from New York. I think his handle is Mr. New York City. Um, so he's for a five eight guy, he is that dude. Um, and they were just a really cool, they're really cool story. Not to not to get to the end of their story because they do beat Michigan State in overtime. A back and forth game. Michigan State was getting the whistle, um, but most both teams were doing enough. To win that game is incredible. And then the other game that night, Florida Atlantic and Paxton's Tennessee. Tennessee up five at the half. Ugly game. Tough to even get a shot up both ways. And then Florida Atlantic turns it on 40 points in the second half. Um, outscoring Tennessee by 12. They win 62-55. to 55. Um, Florida Atlantic, their head coach is a stud. Let me get it. I deserve I deserve to say his name because Florida Atlantic, man, that's a program that they 
haven't had a lot of basketball success. That's that's what I'll say. Um, oh, Tom Herman's their head football coach now. How about that? Uh, over from Texas. Dusty May. Simply Dusty. I keep wanting to call him Dustin May. I wonder if that's his name. Um, this guy's a stud. I, I know that sounds obviously silly and biased. He's 46 years old. Um, and he's now brought Florida Atlantic to a place you never thought Florida Atlantic would get to. Um, I know that obviously sounds silly now that I have to label it that way, but it's because Jerome Tang from Kansas State, I think both of them are two of the best young coaches in the country. Uh, What Tang has done at K-State is incredible. They had every player except two players leave the program last year. And it's his first year with the program. And he brought them to an Elite Eight game against Florida Atlantic, which is just just unreal. I, I think if, if you're a program, if your college program is down, circle either of those guys. If you get them, I think you've won. Um, th- those guys I couldn't be more in on. Friday, San Diego State upsets Alabama. I had Alabama winning the whole thing. Um, San Diego State, the Mountain West Conference has horrible tournament history in recent years. Um, They take down number one Bama. Brandon Miller, projected top pick in the draft, three of 19, one of 10 from three. Um, You know, not to get too analytical with you guys, I think if... You get Brandon Miller on a different night, they probably win the game. They didn't. Their team was 3 of 27 from 3. That's 11%. That's not going to cut it. Uh, San Diego State, their defense is awesome. So, going back to those numbers, you know, hey, I'm sure on, a, on any other given night, they'd be a little better, probably. San Diego State's defense is incredible. And their head coach is one of the coolest stories because he was a 27-year assistant. Some of those at San Diego State. That uh, It's pretty cool that now he has the keys to the kingdom. They take down number one Bama. And meanwhile, the other powerhouse team that people thought were going to win this thing is Houston. They get beat by Miami. And Jim Laranega, who's another fun coach. He was the original George Mason coach. Yeah, the original George Mason run was this guy. And he was like an icon there. And now he's at the U. And they've had crazy tournament success recently, including beating number one seed Houston. Um, Sasser uh, banged up coming into the tournament. Not as flashy as a night as he has any given night. 29% from three. This Florida team, they make shots. Very important in basketball. I know, a hot take. The more fun thing is Larinaga is an old guy. Uh, he's been around for a while. And these kids love him. Love him. Um, the vibe that everyone compares it to is like grandpa vibes. Like the kids have blown up all of his post-game press conferences. And he's clearly like, old man, like don't push me over. Um, and the kids are just so, so hype. Um, Wong is an absolute tournament icon. Um, Pack goes 7 to 10 from 3. They're big man. Um, Norchad O'Mare. Yes. Fire me up for some Canes basketball. They take down number one Houston. 
Texas beat Xavier. Um, this team, uh, this game had a couple moments down the stretch. Texas, man, they're rolling, and they were a tough out. Car, iconic tournament type guard. Um, Bishop, the effort they get from him is a big. Um, they take down. It was a fun Xavier team. Creighton beats Princeton. You got the Cinderella, 15 seed. Um, they take care of them. Um, their their big man is a roller coaster, Kalkbrenner. Careful how you say that. Um, they they have fun tournament vibes where they have the classic big man. They have the classic shooter. Their star player is Nemhard. Kaluma's their role guy. That they were a very fun tournament team, and I say were because we head into the Elite Eight. How about the Yukon Huskies rolling over Gonzaga? 82-54. Rolling over Gonzaga. In control, up 30. Uh, Jackson Jr. shows why he has a chance at the next level. Um, eight points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds while playing high-level defense. Uh, if that guy gets any sort of corner three shot, he will be a role player on good NBA teams. Um, Caravan does a little bit of everything himself. Hawkins can get as hot as any player you'll see. He puts up 20. Uh, Sonogo and Klingon, I made a nice little uh, meme uh, about Drew Timmy having to deal with all those big men. Um, They roll over the Zags. College basketball, I think, has very much turned into... Um, if you're Gonzaga, man, it's really hard to play in their conference for that many games and then try to roll through a tournament where you're going to run through, you know, big East teams get tested hard. In my UConn, they are rolling at the right time. And then Florida Atlantic and K-State. Um, Florida Atlantic does enough to fend off K-State at the end of this game. Like I said, K-State... Didn't get more fun than Noel, 30 points in this one. Um, they probably needed more from Johnson. He's another scorer for them. Um, I mean, just just a good game. The, the Owls come out on top. They have a formula. Florida Atlantic is 35-3 and three and going to, the, going to the Final Four. That's insane. That's nuts. Um, but it's the beauty of this time of year. And like I said with Jim Laranega, him being the George Mason guy, um, I think our dude at Florida Atlantic, Dusty May, is going to end up being is going to end up being kind of the next Jim Laranega. How about that? There's your player comp right there. Um, Florida Atlantic going to the Final Four. That's that's bizarre. Which led to Sunday. Two games on Sunday: Miami, Texas, Creighton, San Diego State. Creighton, San Diego State is back and forth. Creighton had the lead at the half. San Diego State starts dominating the game. Creighton does enough to come back in it. Foul at the buzzer. They give him the whistle. Was it a foul? Kind of. I thought there was a couple interesting points. The refs kept saying, hey, if it's a foul, it's a foul. You have to call it, right? Someone else, I think Jay Wright brought up the point, if it hasn't been a foul all game, then is it a foul? And this was a physical game that I think earlier on it wasn't a foul. And Charles Barkley kind of you know, America's guy. Uh, he kind of came in with the American opinion where he was just like, you can't end a game on that kind of foul. And I kind of agree. A uh, little biased because I, I think I had bet Creighton. Um, but 
that game didn't deserve to be decided like that. San Diego State was the better team that day, so I think even in overtime they would have prevailed. It's fine. They get the win. They'll go to the Final Four. Good for them in that program. Um, Texas-Miami. How about that? Two, like, just generic favorite programs. Like, you know, I think all of us have people we grew up who are like, yeah, I, I like... I don't know. I like Texas. I like Burn Orange and the Longhorns. I'm like, okay. Um, Miami, the U? Like, yeah. I think I've worn shirts from both of these colleges just because they're cool. Yeah. They're cool. Uh, in Texas, they were kind of dominating this game. They had a double-digit lead. And By the way, where's the Final Four being played? Houston. Texas in Houston. As the highest remaining seed. And what happens? Miami finds it. They were overmatched for the first, I don't know, three quarters of this game. And then the shots started dropping. They had the momentum. Texas starts to fall apart. The Hurricanes basically played their starters for a lot of the game. Three guys played 36 minutes plus, which is a lot in NCAA basketball. Miller with an iconic tournament performance. 7 of 7 from the field, 13 of 13 from the free throw line. When he shot a ball at the rim, it went in. That's pretty cool. Wong took a little bit to get going. He ends up with 14. Pack with 15. Poplar with 16. Omer fighting uh, foul trouble the whole game. Comes back in and helps them. Gets a huge uh, call against Texas at the end of this game, which was a little controversial. It was a box out, but I think it was the right call. The right call was made. And, uh, yeah, uh, Carr, who was leading Texas, he kind of got banged up in a weird injury. It felt like he slowed down a little bit. The shots stopped dropping. In Miami, they shoot 60% from the field. They got the free throws, 32 free throws, made 28 of them. That the U moves on. And sets up, let me know if you had your bracket like this. Um, The UConn Huskies, I think you could have had it. It was a tough region, but tournament success. I'm mad I didn't, because I normally do. Miami Hurricanes, okay. I mean, you know, five seed. You, You can have one or two of those in your bracket. San Diego State, I don't know. I'm sure a couple people did, why not? Florida Atlantic, I don't know. You have to really believe in what the Owls are up to. I think the NCAA tournament's at an interesting spot where parity is as big as it's ever been. I talked about it, the 16 beat a 1 again. That can happen just where basketball's at. I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I guess I wish the elite were slightly more elite, but this is pretty badass, man. Florida Atlantic or San Diego State, one of those teams is going to the national championship game. That's pretty cool. San Diego State has a program history. Kawhi Leonard, like, I don't want to... Steve Fisher, I don't want to move too far past that. Florida Atlantic, not so much. San Diego State, a two-point favorite. And then UConn-Miami, this sounds probably cop-out sports media, but I think that's your national championship game. Uh, I think whoever wins that. UConn is the only one of these four teams that's been to a Final Four. And they have four national titles. Um... I'm obviously very biased. They are a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, Miami and Jim Laranega, I think if they win, they have dudes. They believe in what they're doing so much. 
um, and their coach and the grandpa vibes of all of it. I think whoever wins that game is going to win the national championship game. Um, excited to let it play out and uh, go Huskies. I think that's about it. Um, I think uh, next episode we'll do some Q&A. I guess leave some comments uh, in the comment section. I think we're, we want to keep it kind of themed, like your biggest questions going in the baseball season. And we've got people live in the amp chat, so we'll, we can also do questions live. But leave a comment. Um, and also, a going away bro of the night, San Diego State's all-time assist leader, Tony Gwynn. Huh. Think about that. One of the best hitters all time. Dude could also ball a little bit. Um, cool. Shout out to my guy, Sheedy, for pointing that out to me this morning. So, um, hey, opening week, people. We're streaming Thursday. We'll be back here Wednesday. Let's have a great sports week. Opening day and final four? UConn. Go Huskies. Thanks, everyone.